Yes. All right. So here's the deal. Most churches will only teach you about two words for power. Dunamis and exousia. But in Greek, there's five words for power. In the first chapter of Ephesians, it lists all five back to back. Did you know that? So, what people make exousia mean, or they make dunamis mean, is completely different. So, you have exousia, dunamis, energia, where we get the word energy, electricity, right? Kratos, and then iscus. Iscus. So, let's define these. Exousia. Does it mean authority? What does it mean? What? Doesn't just mean authority. The right to rule. Authority, power. Right? Because somebody can give you the authority of something doesn't mean you have the right to rule. You understand what I'm saying? So if we look at exousia and we go back to Genesis, it says, or we can look at Matthew, right? When Jesus is tempted or in Luke or Mark, um, it says that the devil said, authority has been given unto me. Without authority, you cannot exert dominion. Or else you're just a thief, right? So you create a domain, kingdom, by having the right to rule. The authority to rule in that area. So if a police officer from this city goes over to the next city, does he have a right to enforce the law in the other city? He doesn't. It's not his city. It's not the city he represents. If, if the United States military came in to India, do they have a right to exercise United States law here on Indian soil? No. Same thing with the Indian you know, military going somewhere else, right? Unless they're expanding their kingdom. So you see, exousia is very specific. We're going to skip over dunamis for now. Energia means raw energy, power. Okay? Raw energy, power. Very simple. So, you, so a lot of people think first um, Acts 1 8 should be energia, energy. Oh, I can throw fireballs of healing at people. People have told me that. Kid he not. I'm like, Lord Jesus, they watch too much Dragon Ball Z. Right? 
no, man, I'm just like, yeah, and I feel the power. And it's like, don't look at people, and they get healed, and I'm like, okay. As your face be it unto you. Right? Kratos. <coughs> Anybody know what Kratos means? Anybody? Yes, no, maybe so. Do you know? Remember, I like interaction. Interaction. Kratos. You know what Kratos means? It will shock you. Kratos. Power of Dominion. Interesting, huh? The power to exercise dominion. This one's the right to rule. This one's the power of dominion. They're different. Different words. So what do you think iscus means? We'll get to it here in a second. What's, what does iscus mean? So Brother Hardick and Brother Castro here have an arm wrestling competition. Right? One of them would have to exercise Iscus to win. Force. Particularly the force to overcome. All about power based. It's all in power. Okay? So authority <clears throat> is the right to rule. Right? Dominion is, is more like the size of your army. The size of your army. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because the bigger your army, the more powerful you are. Right? You see what I'm saying? No? No idea? Yes, no, maybe so? Got it, okay. This one means right to rule. Right? The authority. You have authority to rule within a kingdom, within a domain. This one is actually the dominion, the might. So that's why I was giving you an example, the size of the army. 
Because the size of the army determines the size of your dominion in the old days. Right? Because when you think about the Persians, Babylonians. Right? The Persians had a massive, mighty army that allowed them to conquer two-thirds of the world. The known world. Right? They came all the way here to India. All the way through Europe. They got stopped in Greece. That's a huge area to rule over. Right? So, let's go back to Dunamis. What does Dunamis mean? What I found out about Dunamis explains everything. You know what it means? An inherent power by virtue of a thing or person's nature. An inherent power Um, sorry, I don't know how to spell it. How do you spell inherent? <laughs> By virtue of a thing or person's sorry, nature. That's the universal meaning. So power comes from the very nature of the thing or the person. In this case, where does power come from? Dunamis, where does our power come from? It comes from God. It comes from the Holy Spirit, right? So you don't receive dunamis until the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Come on. This is good stuff. Why? Why isn't it energia? Why isn't it kratos or exousia or iscus? Why is this the greatest power for us to have? Why? Yes. Sir. So it is his nature, and we are listening to him. Is exactly the same. So we are listening the same nature. So we are listening God. Yeah. So that we see the greatest power, and with that power we can flow into these other four powers. Yes, very easily, very well put. Great, great example. When you have the very nature of God, right? then you exercise what he is himself. It's part of who he is. It's very simple. So let's look at light again. Right? Great example. 
Is there any darkness in light? Does light have to push back darkness? Why? Why? Darkness itself is just the absence of light. That's all it is. Do you know that? Just like heat. Think about it. We don't study how cold something is in science. If we go to science, we don't study how cold something is. We study the absence of heat. Because if we study how cold something is, we can make it colder. But absolute zero is negative 467 uh, degrees Fahrenheit. So if there's an absolute zero, it means you can't make anything colder than that. Right? Same thing with darkness. If, if we can actually study darkness, that means we can make darkness darker. It's impossible. So there's only light. We study light. We study heat. Heat is a byproduct of light. Do you know that? It's very simple. God is light and in him dwells no darkness. So his very nature is always to dispel darkness. 1 John 3.8, what does it say? You don't have this memories? It's one of my favorite verses. First John three eight. Jesus was manifested for this reason to destroy the works of the devil. So what was Jesus' job coming besides freeing us from sin? Well, that's actually still destroying the works of the devil, isn't it? So what was he coming to do? Do you know? Destroy the works of the devil. But yeah, yeah, what does that mean? Expel darkness? Okay. Why? Okay. Yeah, this is nature. Yes. Great answers. Great answers. But what was Jesus doing on the earth? Yes. But particularly, what was he doing? What was the word I told you is the word for righteousness? Justice. Justice. Jesus is executing justice against the devil. So by destroying his works, is executing the justice of God against the devil. So understand, <clears throat> excuse me, we say righteousness. Righteousness means rightness. Right? Breaking it down, just simple, just looking at the word, rightness. Or righteousness. Full of righteous. What, what is righteous? Perfection? It means a state of being right. Right? 
So it means in everything you do, in everything that you um, like act upon and everything else, it's always right. Justice. What does justice mean? Being just. Meaning? Doing what is right. Always doing what is right. Same, same, that's why they're synonyms. Same meaning. Well, we never take time to think about what does it mean righteousness? What does it mean justice? Right? So God, Jesus, manifested on this earth. He's walking around. He's seen all the injustices of the devil and decides I'm not going to stand for the injustice I'm actually going to do something about it how did he do something about it hmm? he healed people what else did he do cast out demons what else he raised the dead, right? What was he doing? He was manifesting the very justice of God on the devil. I'm telling you, this is amazing. Absolutely amazing. When you see that God has called us into himself, because it says that Jesus brings us into himself, it wasn't our idea. We're not the ones that came up with it. He brings us into himself so that we now can execute justice on the devil. In all his works. That includes sin. That includes everything. It's all inclusive. So when you see the Holy Spirit came for three reasons, according to John 16, what were those three reasons? Sin, righteousness, and judgment. Right? So now it's sin, justice, and judgment. Look at that. So another thing is, it says convict the world of sin, right? Right, well, the word there is not convict. It's, it's rebuke. It's the exact same word used to use the word of God to rebuke, reprove. Exact same word in First Timothy. This one's really good. <laughs> <laughs> like the little bunny <laughs> yeah thanks yeah thanks for reminding me <laughs> blackmail <right? laughs> I'll, I'll wait I'll wait thanks so when you look at this we execute justice on God's side against the enemy against the devil so it's not you trying to heal somebody. 
It's God executing justice on our behalf against the devil. See, I, I told you it's beautiful. When you start looking at this stuff, it's absolutely beautiful. Yeah, it's easy. So we co-labor with him. We walk with him. And it's not me trying to pray for somebody to get them, get them to get healed. Right? Because then I enter into my soul. Then I'm tried, I try different methods. I try different things to make it happen. For instance, we're, we're in Brazil. This one pastor in particular, <clears throat> it was multiple pastors, but it was always a pastor, right, that had trouble getting the concept. So I told him, I said, okay, this is what we're going to do. You're going to come up, do what I tell you to do, please. Yes, okay. This guy walked up, he has a torn ligament in his ankle. Doctors can't do anything about it. They can't do surgery to fix it. And they said, he was in a lot of pain. So I told him, okay, you're going to pray for this guy. And all you're going to say is be healed in Jesus' name. Then let go. What do you do? Anybody guess? You're trainers. You've seen it happen. What do you do? He prayed for two and a half minutes. I was timing him. <laughs> oh, Lord, thou art in heaven. I thank you that you're healing this person before me this day. And I thank you that the goodness of you. I mean, he was trying to hit everything he could say so that he thinks God would hear him. Right? And I'm standing there. I'm looking at my watch that I don't have on my wrist. Right? And I'm just like... Okay, he finishes, and I scold him. I scold him. He didn't listen to me. And so I'm talking to him like the person's not even there. And I was like, what are you doing? You didn't listen to what I said. Let's see your results. Your results. <laughs> Look at the guy. How do you feel? A little better. Maybe. Huh. Really? Look back at the guy, right? Okay. This time, you're going to pray again. This time, you're just going to say, be healed in Jesus' name. Period. Okay? He's like, okay. Grabs the guy's hands. Wait for it. <laughs> he goes, be healed in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. <laughs> and I tap him on the shoulder, he lets go. Right? <laughs> I'm like, come on, dude. Like, listen. Pay attention to what I'm telling you. He lets go. And look at the guy who said, how are you now? The guy starts stomping his foot on the ground. He goes, I am completely healed. And the pastor couldn't get his jaw off the ground. He was like. Right? He goes, what happened? 
what just happened? I go, you got your soul out of the way. You were trying to make sure you said everything the right way, making sure that you answered all your own doubt in your own mind to heal this person. But when you just said, be healed in Jesus' name, it took complete reliance on God to actually do the work. Very simple. And he's like, you're right. And he's about to walk off. He goes, no, 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 no. He'll stay right here. Next, they bring up another person. Different issues. Next lady, she had depression issues. It's like, what do I do with that? Tell it to leave. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 right. Depression, go in Jesus' name. She jerks. She looked at him. I said, what, what happened? I felt something leave me. So, yeah. He's looking at me. He's like, this is amazing. <laughs> Next person. Healed. Next person. Healed. Next person. Healed. He's just looking at me. He's like, where you been all my life? He tells me. He goes, why couldn't you come sooner? I said, I don't know. I wasn't born yet. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I'd say. I'm here now. It's the point. And I told him, I was like, this isn't something that I realized Immediately, it's something I realized over time of walking it out and, and walking with God. But once I got the revelation that it's from His nature, Amen. I don't have to try to make something happen. It just naturally flows out. Amen. So then it goes to the will of God, knowing His will is to heal 100% of the time. Spirit, soul, and body. Right? So let me, let me throw a twist in here for a second. So I'm in Sao Paulo, Brazil, and I go and I'm about to pray for a lady. And she tells me she has infections in her female parts, right? So I'm like, okay, sounds painful. You have any pain? She goes, I have a lot of pain, extreme pain. Right now I'm at a level eight out of 10. I said, okay, all right. Well, I'm going to pray for you. God's going to heal you. My confidence isn't in myself. My confidence is in the very nature of God. Right? 2 Corinthians 3. Our sufficiency is not of ourselves. Our sufficiency is of God. Right? Very simply put. And so, I'm stepping into the situation. I'm like, okay, this is what's going to happen. As soon as I touch her, God tells me, that's not the issue. Hmm? What do you mean that's not the issue? She has that pain in her body because guilt and shame she's carrying from a sexual act she committed. How do I pray for this? How do I even bring it up? Right? And all of a sudden, all these scriptures start flying through my head. I'm like, like I'm going through a, an index. Um, no, no, it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, right? And finally I get to Mark 2. Right? Mark 2, where his friend, the paralytic, his friends take him to Jesus' roof. Read. Jesus' roof. Create a hole in Jesus' roof. He doesn't get mad. He actually admonishes their faith and says to the paralytic, 
Your sins are forgiven. Right? So I'm standing in front of this lady. Oh, that works? I can do this. Okay. I grabbed both of her hands. I said, right now in the name of Jesus, shame and guilt go. She starts crying. And I lean over to the, to the translator. And I said, tell her this. Your sins are forgiven. She breaks. She starts bawling. I didn't pray for healing. I didn't. All I did was declare the word of the Lord over her. Right? I go, I pray for two more people. They're healed. They're healed. Turn back around. See what's going on, ma'am. Find your pain. She starts pushing. She's like, there's no more pain. It's gone. And I realized, oh my gosh. All this time, because I was so infatuated with power and dominion and authority, I was missing on so many people the real issue. And it doesn't mean we need to go into people's past and talk about their past or anything like that, but we need to declare over people their sins are forgiven. Not that I, I was saying, well, I'm forgiving their sins. No, I'm declaring what the Word of God says. It's what Jesus said himself. He's the one who forgives their sins. Right? And so, in the same service, I go over to another guy. And he's like, I've got back issues. I've had back issues for five years. I said, okay. He's like, well, God's going to heal you right now. I just saw 23 people healed. Do you think I have any confidence lacking that God's about to heal this guy? No. I said, okay. We lay hands on you. God's going to heal you. It's going to be amazing. He loves you. And you're going to see the kingdom of God manifest in your body. It's like, okay. But I need to tell you something first. I'm like, what does that mean? You know, because people, they want to tell you their story on how they got hurt and everything else. So I'm expecting them to tell me about an accident or something like that. Doesn't even bring an accident up. You know what he tells me? So you can't post this on YouTube. I'm sharing some personal stuff. <laughs> he tells me, I cheated on my wife. Five years ago. Because it felt completely condemned. As soon as it happened, I went back to my wife. I said, I'm sorry, I messed up. She was, she forgave me, we reconciled. Everything's fine there. But I've been beating myself up for the last five years with the guilt. And I realized he's been carrying it on his back and it's causing him back pain. So I was like, Jesus, you want to handle this one? You know? <laughs> he tells me the exact same thing. What happened with the lady? All right. So one of the number one mistakes we make as healing ministers is that we are too quick to pray for people. Listen to what I'm saying. We are too quick to pray for people. And what happens? They look at us as their source of healing. 
So then they become dependent on our prayers instead of the source, the healer himself. Right? So all we have to do is ask him questions. So I looked at the guy and I was like, okay. I was like, so let me get this straight. Your wife has forgiven you. I said, yeah, yeah. That's correct. Okay. And I'm assuming you ask God for forgiveness. He goes, yes, I ask God for forgiveness. Okay, according to 1 John 1, 9. You agreed with God that it's sin. Your sins are forgiven. He said, I go, did you ever turn back to it? Did you ever do it again? He said, never. Okay, so 1 John 1, 9 applies to you. So, so I'm like, just think about this for a second. So your wife has forgiven you, and the God, the creator of the universe, all-powerful, all-knowing, has forgiven you. Who are you to hold this against yourself? All of a sudden, his light bulb goes off. Bing. He looks at me. He smiles. I was like, let's pray. Take his hands. What do I do? Your sins are forgiven in Jesus' name. Let go of his hands. He's trying to be macho, trying to hold back the tears. He's bawling on the inside, but he, on the outside, he's like, <laughs> right? You know what I'm talking about, guys. <laughs> no weakness. <laughs> as soon as he can talk, I said, where's your pain? He checked. He bent over. He started moving around. Completely gone. Completely gone. And that's, this is the difference between us seeing 95, 98% of everybody instantly healed to seeing 100%. I'm telling you. So confidence became completely solidified on the very nature of God because knowing His nature requires relationship. Because I can read this word and I can say, God, this is what, this is what your word says about you. But if I leave it there, all it is is knowledge, and that knowledge puffs up. Right? But if I take that word and I said, God, make this word real to me. I want to know you as this says about you. I can tell you, it's seeing everybody healed is very humbling. Very humbling. We went into a rehab center, 57 people, a blind guy, people who are lame, all of them struggling with addictions. And we go in with a five-member five team. There's five of us there, so six including Daisy. And Dave, but Daisy's going around with the camera. She's trying to get pictures and photos of everything she can in video. And so... We go through, laying hands on people. First guy, healed. Had trouble walking, pain in his legs, everything. Started walking, perfectly fine. Go to the next guy, healed. 
Then we started stumbling into people. There's nothing wrong with them other than addiction. Grab their hand, say addiction, go. They would jerk. What happened? I felt something leave me every single time. Because I got a revelation of something that's very important as far as casting out demons. Is that demons have no right to manifest in my presence. Do you know that? Why do I believe this? Because when a demon manifests in a person and they fall on the ground and they're foaming at the mouth or they're screeching or they're screaming or whatever, some of them are actually conscious of what's going on but can't control their body. So what is it doing? It's doing two things. One, it's shaming the person themselves. Remember what I said at the very beginning, seeing the very value of people and what God has placed tremendous value on to see them shamed is not right. And the second thing, seeing people, people seeing other people manifest a demon, they start wondering if they have a demon themselves. And they give place for the devil to enter into their soul, and then they get demonized. It happens. I know a guy out of Houston. This is what he specializes in. He goes to a place, you all have demons. You got a demon of this? My friends who are solid in the Bible came back and said, he said I had a demon of Jezebel. Do I really? Are you kidding me? I'm about to get the spirit of slap. <laughs> Knock some sense into you. I was like, the guy's a charlatan. He's cheating people out of money. And creating what? Job security? By telling people they always have demons. They can't get rid of their demons. Only he's so special that he has no demons. I was like, that's a lie. And he fights with these demons in front of everybody for an hour, hour and a half, two hours, three hours. That's not power. That's somebody who doesn't know how to fight. Somebody who knows how to fight, how long does it take them to end a fight? Seconds. Right? Knock them out, one punch. That's a fighter who knows what they're doing. They're effective. What does it say? We read it earlier. What did it say about Jesus? He cast out the demons with what? One word. Effective fighter spiritually. Right? You can say that. So what are we, what's expected of us? One word. Go. And it goes. Tell me every single time. So we go to this whole rehab. We've seen the blind guy gets his sight back. Guy has glaucoma. We see the, the glaucoma fly away, literally, like the wind blew in his eyes, and the glaucoma went away from his eyes. Incredible stuff. We were going through, prayed for another guy. Had The same guy who had glaucoma had diabetes, and he was shaking. I grabbed his hand, I prayed for him. And I look at the, the translator because he stops shaking as soon as I touch his hand. And I was like, you want to see something cool? She's like, yeah. Let go of his hand. He's got surgeon hands. He's not even shaking one slight. 
at all. Perfectly still. And I was like, let's look at his eyes. And that's when we saw the glaucoma just move, being removed from his eyes, like wind blowing across his eyes. It left just a little bit on the bottom of his eyes. I said, how can you see? He goes, I can see 80% better. There's just a little bit on the bottom. I go, okay, yeah, I see it. Said, well, Jesus didn't pay for partiality. He paid 100% for your healing. So I took his hand again. I prayed. Completely healed. I was like, this is amazing. This is his nature. To manifest 100% healing every time. Healing is a byproduct of God. It's a byproduct of who he is. It's his nature. Just like darkness has to flee, sickness has to flee. Anytime you show up. Anytime you lay hands. Period. Did I always stand where I stand now? No. I can tell you. I prayed for a three-year-old girl. She had tumors on her brain. Doctors gave up on her, sent her home to die. Her family drove her over 18 hours to where we were in Dallas and I woke up in the middle of the night to meet them at the, at the church and I prayed for her she started moving she was, when I saw her she was lifeless in her father's arms I walk up Daisy and I we lay hands on her we pray for her she starts groaning and moving around well, okay what's well, done well, we're going to go home and let us know in the morning. She should be fine. Guess what happened? She was back to the state she originally was in. Like, what in the world? Pray for her again. Same thing. She starts moving around. Next day, we find out she's back in the exact same state she is again. Three years old. Telling you the devil, the one name left out of the Bible is that the devil is just a jerk. It's a perfect name for him. He's a jerk. Picking on a three-year-old little girl. So like, okay. So Daisy, we found out they were basically in town staying at the youth pastor's house. And we decided, I'm not going to work today. At a ministry. So we're going to go over there and we're going to lay hands on her until she's completely healed. So we go over. We start praying for her. Within a couple of hours, hours, okay, the tumors disappear under our hands. Melt like plastic. Completely gone. She's starting to moan. Starting to move around. Yes, we're winning. Guess what happened? Five minutes later, she died. She died. What did I do? Switch gears immediately. Heal the sick, raise the dead. Dad's like, what do I do? I said, start CPR. 
The youth pastor's like, what do I do? I said, you call 911 or else we're all going to jail. That's the law in the United States. They're looking for reasons to throw Christians in prison. So I start walking back and forth, and I'm declaring life over this little girl. Father's trying to do CPR. The, the ambulance shows up within minutes. They grab her. They try to resuscitate her. Nothing. They take her off. Fifteen police officers show up. Block the, the ends of the street. Box us in. Now we're being held hostage by the police officers. They go to each and every one of us. And they're interrogating us to find out what's going on there. Why are you here? Well, I'm a minister. I lay hands on the sick. God heals them. I was here ministering healing to this young girl. Oh. So, why didn't you see it in the hospital? Hospital is not God. The hospital sent her home to die. Oh, I didn't know that. So they're trying to find fault in what I'm believing and what I'm declaring over this little girl. These are authorities in the city. Right? And I didn't back off and I didn't allow myself to say anything else that I had declared over this little girl. So they're interrogating us for 45 minutes. All of a sudden, they get a call on, the, on their radios. Let them go. She's alive. Amen. And so the dad, he hugged me before that. He was like, it's not supposed to end like this. It's not supposed to end like this. And I said, it's not. I wasn't agreeing with him. I was declaring, no, it's not supposed to end this way. So drive them over to the hospital. I spent the next several days with them, speaking life over the little girl. She was improving, becoming self-sustaining, off the machines. And they, I don't know, for whatever reason, they decided to unplug her. She was getting well. Tumors were gone. They did an MRI, found out the tumors were completely gone. They took her off the machines. She died a second time. I was in the room when they took her off the machines with her family. It's one of the hardest things I've ever done. And everybody else that was part of our team, they pulled back. They stopped praying for people, staff at a ministry. They stopped praying for people. And I was like, nope, God's word is true. It doesn't matter what I see, what I didn't see. God's word is true. I continued on for months, pushed past the incident. And one morning, God gave me a vision. In the vision, I'm walking with Curry Blake. And he says, I'm going to take you into a different dimension. Okay, sounds good. Let's do it. I grab his hand. We step 
forward, next thing you know, we're in a completely different place. The houses are made of sand, like adobes, right? And he's like, everybody you lay hands on in this dimension will be healed. Really? Everybody? Everybody. Okay. I walk off. I go find people to pray for. Next thing you know, the entire village is bringing their sick to me. I'm just laying hands on them. They're lining up. Healed. 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 I was like, this is amazing. I go back to Craig Blake and I'm like, so how come this doesn't work in the other dimension? He looks at me. It does. Craig Blake walks off. I'm still talking to, and I realize, I'm not talking to Craig Blake. I'm talking to God. He goes, everybody you lay hands on will be healed. I was like, yeah, yeah, but, but Anna. My mind, even though I had pushed past the incident, was still holding on to my failure. Right? I was like, but Anna. He's like, no. Everybody you lay hands on will be healed. But I learned by the third time I said that, he's not answering me. I'm asking the wrong question. So I said, okay. Dad. Right? He's our father. I told him, Dad. I'm obviously asking the wrong question. Please dumb it down for me. Write it and carry on. So I can understand. He goes, Anthony, whatever you put before you, you become. If you put before you failure, you become failure. He goes, think about the whole incident. What did you see? And I stood back and I was like, well, I saw tumors leave. I saw her health improving. But he goes, no, 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 no buts, no buts. What did you see? It was like, I saw incredible things happen. He's like, so understand, whatever you focus on is what you become. So focus on Jesus. Jesus got 100% results every single time. Right? Every single time. And little did I know what I know today. The exact imprint of his nature. A lot of people, they talk about identity in Christ. Identity in Christ. Growing up into Christ. Right? Lifestyle of Christ. What does that mean? When we look at Jesus in the New Testament, we, we start modeling. Yeah, but then we go to Hebrews 3, uh, 1, 3, right? It says he's the exact imprint of, the Father's, of God's nature, Father's nature. So we need to know the very nature of Father before we can grow up into Christ. And then as you study out his nature, you realize everything's connected. 
God is provider. Well, that doesn't sound like he's healer. Yeah. He provides healing. Oh, it is connected. And you realize the, the, the whole aspect, the every aspect of God's nature starts with what? Two words. Two very short, simple words. You know what it is? I am. I am that I am. Right? You know what he told Moses? Something that I'm studying out right now is how many times Jesus said, I am. Very interesting. He was declaring to the Pharisees over and over, I am. And then when you see, when they go to arrest Jesus in the garden, that they fell over backwards for, he didn't say, I am he. He said, I am. You see what I'm getting at here? The very nature of God. I wish I knew then what I know now. Because like I said, my sufficiency is not of myself. It's completely dependent on his nature. So if you know that it's his nature to completely heal everybody, every moment, every time, then you have no excuse to back off. You have no excuse to have any doubt in your mind, period, because he shows no partiality. It's very simple. It's not complicated. It's not hard. In just knowing his nature, in knowing his will, in knowing the nature of Satan is enough to destroy every tradition of man. Do you know that? Because all traditions of men are the, an excuse for the lack of power. Is this helping anybody? Yeah? Well, you already knew all this stuff. I'm telling you, it's completely changed my life. So... We will break, okay? Well, we're not going to eat until 8 o'clock or so. So we're going to go ahead and break for the day, okay? Is that okay with y'all? Yes. Oh, yeah, I didn't even talk about Tylenol prayers. Huh? So what Dominion Authority teaches you is to pray Tylenol prayers. Tylenol is basically ibuprofen. You have that here in India? Yeah. Right? So basically what it does is it relieves the pain. doesn't get rid of the, the actual issue. So the pain goes away. Once it wears off, it comes back. Not that it, was ever, it ever left. It just numbs it, right? So when I was praying for these people and I realized... 
it was actually in their soul that they had issues, it helped me even more. So, example, we went back um, two weeks ago to see my, excuse me, for Daisy's birthday to see her mom. And her mom was telling me, um, her and her friend and some of the family, they were sick. I prayed for them, instantly healed. And so the mom was telling me, uh, or telling Daisy, of some injustice, <clears throat> some bitterness she was holding on to, and then immediately the pain came back on her. And I was like, because <clears throat> mm. I was just telling her that day that some of the issues is, are actually just in the soul. It just manifests in the body. Right? What does it say in Third John? Do you mean prosper even as your soul prospers? And be in good health? Right? As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So if they're having issues in their soul, it manifests in the body. So that's what happened. She started getting upset and holding on to this bitterness and everything else. The pain came back immediately. She's like, well, how do I deal with this? What do I do? Let it go. What does forgiveness mean in Greek? Let it go. That's what it means. We use the word forgiveness because we understand it. But all it means is drop it. Let it go. Don't let it, let it have power over you. As soon as you give something power, it dictates your future. It dictates your health. Just said, okay. Let it go. Well, it's hard. No, it's not. It's easy. Think about Jesus. Think about your sin. We don't deserve it. We deserve hell. But Jesus showed us mercy by giving his life for us. Even when we mess up continually, he has grace and mercy upon us. And we, want, we don't want to give, extend grace and mercy to somebody else just because we're hurt and offended. What does it say in 1 John 4? How can you say that you believe in God when you can't even forgive your brother who you do see? That's what it says. How can you believe in a God who's invisible when you can't even forgive your brother who you do see? This is an issue. So as soon as she decided to let it go, the pain left. She says, what if it comes back? Don't pick it back up. Let it go. Leave it gone. Don't touch it. There's a reason why Joseph named his son Manasseh. 
which means causing to forget. So every time he would look at his son, every time he would call his son, he was declaring that over himself about his past. Causing to forget what my brothers did to me. Causing to forget Potiphar threw me in jail for being innocent. Causing to forget, right? It helped him move past it. So there's something that the Dominion Authority people don't want to talk about. They don't want to talk about forgiveness. But it's a real issue in people's lives. Go back and look how much Jesus talked about unforgiveness. Think about the parable where he says, you know, a, a shop, um, a, a ruler, or um, uh, what, is it, what does it call him? An overseer, a property basically, goes before the king and he begs the king or the Lord to have mercy on him. And then he goes out to the streets and he finds somebody who owes him money and holds him to it. And then the king hears about it and then throws that guy into prison. Right? It's like, I forgave your debt, then you should forgive others. That's what Jesus is talking about. It's very simple. They shall know you by your love for one another. It's simple. Do we have feelings? Yes, we have feelings. Do they get hurt at times? Yes, they get hurt at times. Don't hold on to it. Let it go. But it's hard. No, it's not. Now when you focus, you put your attention on the value of Jesus Christ. What you have to gain is far greater in Jesus Christ than what you have to lose by holding on to bitterness and unforgiveness and hurt and offense and pain. James 5, right? It says if you confess your sin to one another, you know what it says? Confess your offenses to one another. And pray for each other, and you will be healed. It's talking to the church. It's simple. It's not complicated. It's very simple. But things people don't want to talk about. So some of my friends are in South Africa, Todd, uh, McNicholas, uh, Chris Millen, and all of them, we, we hadn't talked. We hadn't talked for almost a, a year. We get to, together, we start comparing notes. So I'm seeing everybody healed, but it goes against a lot of what I believed and was taught by another ministry or several ministries. And they're like, we're, we're seeing the exact same thing. We said, well, we told one person, forgive their sins. And they're like, I can't. Okay. He's like, God told me to tell them, forgive their sins. And the guy goes, I can't. Okay. And I'm stepping back. Well, aren't you going to pray for me? Aren't you going to heal me? Nope. 
forgive their sins. I've had it for so long. You told them. I've had this bitterness for so long. I don't even know how. He goes, it's easy. Just let it go. Don't bring it up again. Leave it dead. He says, okay. So he prays. God, I give it to you. Immediately, the guy's completely healed. How do you explain that? Hmm? It's the whole thing. I told him what I was doing. I was just saying, your sins are forgiven. And he's like, oh my gosh. I, I get on the phone with my, my Greek friend and I start talking to him. And I was like, I was like, I just want to know if I'm, I'm right here. If I'm wrong, I need to know. Right? And he checks. He's like, Anthony, you talking about the very nature of God is actually a very simple way to explain what I've been trying to explain to people. The long way. I go, yeah. I can teach somebody in 15 minutes about the very nature of God and then take them to the streets and they'll see the, the nature of God manifest. There was a pastor in Brazil that we were in one of the cities. He would not leave my side. We go to eat. He was right next to me. I'm like, oh, hey, again. You know? We go out on the street. Whose team was he on? He was on my team. And when he realized... Oh my gosh, it has nothing to do with me. It's just letting the power of God flow through me. I was like, go pray for that guy. He was like, what's wrong with him? And I'm like, um, he's got back issues. He's got to like, well, how do you know? Well, God told me. Go pray for him. Oh, oh, okay, okay. He goes over there, comes back. You were right. How did you know? I was like, what do you mean? I just told you. God, God told me. He goes, well, you were right. And now he's healed. He's like, this is really cool. I was like, yeah. So he wanders off by himself. Comes back, he goes, this person got healed of this. This person got healed of this. This person threw away their walker. And I was like, isn't this great? He goes, this is amazing. I can show you text messages on WhatsApp that he sends me on a weekly basis. Parkinson's healed. Alzheimer's healed. Diabetes healed. He's still seeing 100% of everybody praying for healed. Because he got a revelation of the nature of God. It's not about what you do or how you do it or anything like that. So one of the pitfalls that the believers fall into is they think they earn healing because they're so in healing. I was taught that. Oh, okay, well, I'm, I'm so in healing, so I should reap healing. You don't find that anywhere in the Bible. Nowhere. If I sow healing, I gain more confidence in healing others. That's the true application of sowing and reaping. Right? It doesn't produce something different. So the only criteria for being healed is the understanding that by his stripes you are healed. Nothing else. But I pray for other people. I see other people healed. 
So? So it's you doing the healing? Well, no. Okay. So why do you think you earned it? Well, um, yeah. Oh, well, um, yeah, that makes sense. You don't earn nothing. It's all by His grace. It's all by what He has done. He has accomplished something so great and awesome. He did all the hard work. Isaiah 52 says that He was beaten so bad that nobody, who, anybody who saw Him was not able to recognize He was human. So it says in Isaiah 52. So not even his own mother could recognize him. I didn't get beat for you. You didn't get beat for them. Jesus did. And it's the only thing you stand on for healing of yourself or for somebody else. I can tell you, I went to a, a healing uh, training. I got home. The very next day after getting home, I had internal bleeding. Very serious. Right, doctors? Right? Internal bleeding in my stool. It was so painful. I feel like somebody took... In, is, are y'all familiar with still wool? Still wool, like described pots and pans, like it's metal. I feel like somebody took that and shoved it through my colon. Extremely painful. I was walking around like a grandpa. I was like this. And every time I went to the restroom, extreme pain. Nothing but blood. And my mother-in-law tells me, tells my wife, you need to take him to the hospital. He's going to die on you. He can go septic. He can die on you. Which is true, right? And I had to decide, what do I believe? I had just been taught, been trained about the Word of God. And so, for three days, at first, fear, fear hit me. When I heard I can go septic and die, fear hit me. But I recovered very quickly, and I decided, this is what I believe. I believe God's report. That he is trustworthy. So I walked away from the restroom. Looked in the mirror when I was washing my hands. And I would point at myself in the mirror and I said, You walk. So it's very important that you understand. It's not about praying, telling no prayers. Because God is a good physician. He is a good doctor. And when he heals, he doesn't, it doesn't affect you like when um, somebody does surgery. Anybody who's ever had surgery says they are never the same ever again. Right? But when God does it, it's perfect. Every time. So if something's coming back that tells you you're not dealing with the problem. You're, you're just plucking fruit off the tree. You're not dealing with the problem. Right? So you need to learn to break the yoke on the person. Which can be 
sin. Unforgiveness is sin. Right? And if they're a believer, they should definitely not have unforgiveness. Jesus never required unforgiveness. Um, how do you put that? How many people were, that were unbelievers that Jesus ministered to? It was everybody, right? Right? How many of them did he tell, I'm not going to pray for you because you have unforgiveness? Zero. Right? So the world we reach, we don't talk to them about the unforgiveness. Who do we talk to about unforgiveness of? Believers. Because that is not, that's keeping them from their inheritance. <laughs> Excuse me. It's keeping them from the very inheritance in Jesus Christ. To inherit all. So being caught up and being led aside and astray because of bitterness, allowing bitterness to take root in their own hearts. You have to let it go. You have to decide to die and stay dead. I can tell you, a lot of people, what they do is they have this casket that follows them around. And they love having this casket when it follows them around. Because when they think the pastor's not there, or they think, you know, God's not paying attention, they say, Dracula Anthony, come forth. Right? And the flesh begins to manifest. Oh, right? Let me bite you. Right? And, he's, and then, so the flesh comes out, and then all of a sudden the pastor's coming. Oh, get back in the casket. Get back in the casket. He's dead. He's dead. See? He's dead. You didn't see anything, right, Pastor? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But we, 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 we've taught Christianity or religion to do that. So what's the example? Oh, well, when they're in church, they know all the right things to say. They, they do all the right things. As soon as they leave, what happens? They live just like the world. I was a teenager. I was outside a Baptist church in the car. I didn't want to go inside. I hated that church. I didn't want to go inside. Right? And I'm just laying on the seat. Next thing I hear is this mother cur cursing her kids out. Every bad word in the book. You're good for nothing. You're going to be just like your dad and blah, 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 blah. Cursing, 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 cursing. Bad word after bad word after bad word. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I think I should go tell somebody. So I wait for him to go inside. I open the door. I jump out of the car. I go inside. How are you doing, sister? Oh, I'm blessed and highly favored. How are you doing? You know? <laughs> Kid you not. Kid you not. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, what just happened? Before she was walking in the church, she had her Dracula out. Right? Walked inside the church with around Christian people, believers, boom, back in the casket. People don't understand that it's keeping them from their inheritance. You want to manifest it as a son of God? It's simple. Die. Die and stay dead. Nail it to the cross. Colossians 3.
Right? Nail it to the cross and leave it there. A lot of people, they see great resurrections, but they're resurrecting them old, their old self instead of people who are dead. Right? You know what I'm talking about. I've done it. I've done it. I'm not excluding myself. And it always happens at the wrong moment. You know what I'm talking about? Oh my gosh, we were at this one place. And Daisy was like flipping out on me, right? I'm going to blame it on her. Oh. <laughs> it's okay, we're one flesh. <laughs> she can hear me, yeah. Just flipping out on me, and I, we're both tired, and we're in the airport. You know, when you're traveling, sometimes it brings out the flesh for sure, you know. And so we're traveling, and she's like flipping out on me. I was like, cut it out, you know. <laughs> and then somebody who was just at our meeting passed by. I was like, hmm. And I could already hear them thinking, I wonder if he beats her. Oh, I'm sorry. Forget that you don't ever get mad. You just float around on your little cloud of happiness, right? And so I was just like, okay, all right. Sorry, Jesus. I really didn't manifest your character in this in this instance. And He shows grace and He shows mercy. Allows us to grow, right? Thank God for that. So don't condemn yourself because there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So if, if God doesn't condemn you, then why are you going to condemn yourself? Why are you going to put yourself in bondage? Forgive, forget, and move on. Very simple. Right? So choose to forget your past. It's dead. It's gone. It's the past. That's it. Focus on the nature of God and you will see the glory of God on a regular basis. Amen? All right, we'll, we'll let you get some rest. Think about a lot of the stuff we've talked about. Right? Yes, you have a question? <laughs> Ephesians 1... Ephesians 1, 19 and 20. They're all together in that passage. So some you see translated might. Some you see translated kingdom or, or power or authority. Is it 18, 19 or 19, 20? 18, 19? Seated high above all authority, right? There you go. Yep. Every word and power is in that passage. So it's really cool. Really cool. Well, Stan, let me bless you. It's time to get to know your nature. To truly get to know you your heart, your will. That we operate as sons, 
out of this place of peace and rest completely solidified in ourselves, fully convinced within ourselves that you are a good God and that you hear everything we say that is for your glory, is for your kingdom. We thank you for being co-laborers with you. So I thank you, Lord, everything that was spoken is truth is gone into good ground. It will multiply back in their own hearts a hundredfold. We're not even going to say 30, 60. We're saying a hundredfold. In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for their hands. Look at your hands. Everybody look at your hands. Look at your hands. And you're going to tell your hands. Hands? You see everyone healed that you touch. That is my promise from God. Therefore, you will see, <clears throat> you will see that on a regular basis. Every day. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless you. And have a good night. <laughs>